Help us to keep our focus on you at this time when we aren't gathering together as normal. May our obedience to you be unconditional and our first hope securely anchored in you. We place the unknown, our fears and worries, our hopes and aspirations into your hands today. As we stop to take this time out with you, we want to give you our thanks for the hope and the good we have seen this week. Thank you that you are with us and carry us through the difficult times. Forgive us for when we forget to put that trust in you and look for comfort elsewhere. Remind us each day what it says in Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We thank you, Lord, for this promise. We come together now as one voice to say your prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Amen.
to our online service. It's great to have you along with us and great to have you watching with us week by week. Hopefully you've watched some of these services online and maybe you've also got the chance to watch our prayer and praise times at 12 noon on Tuesdays and Thursdays and then 10.30 on a Sunday morning. If you aren't able to see those there on Facebook Live, let me know or download the podcast, which is available again through the Facebook page. But ironically, if you don't have Facebook page, you'll not have access to that. So let me know and I can get you access to that. Or you can get that through any of your podcast streaming services. Just search for Garnerville Presbyterian. Which brings me on to the next topic in that I would like to collect a database of emails because I think it would be good. Or if you would like to receive some more regular updates, we have a monthly bulletin, which we did put out whenever we were together. So if you would like a more regular update of all that's going on, or indeed you would like some weekly devotions, then please send your email to me and I will forward those on to you. My email is jwfraser at presbyterianireland.org, jwfraser at presbyterianireland.org, and we'll get you more of those. Then just the other thing to let you know about is our storehouse collections are continuing. We had a great collection in these past number of weeks, which Tim took down to the warehouse at Storehouse. They were very thankful for all that we had given. And so thank you if you have given. If you haven't been able to yet, then please drop up some items here on a Tuesday and Thursday between one and two. They are specifically looking for tinned potatoes at the minute. And so if you're out uh, or if you have anyone who's doing your shopping for you, maybe stick in a tin of tinned potatoes and we can pass that on the storehouse. That's all really to let you know about in this next little while but again if you want to get in touch with me at any time then please feel free to do so. Darren's going to read for us this morning and it's our continuing reading through Acts and we're going to read Acts chapter 9 verses 1 to 19. This morning's reading is taken from the book of Acts chapter 9 beginning at verse 1 and ending in verse 19. Saul's conversion. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus, on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, 
he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. The Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Here ends the reading. Thank you, Darren, for reading to us that passage. If you would like to volunteer, or if you would maybe like Leonora to twist your arm, then please do so. It's always good to have people read for us on a Sunday morning. Isaac and Ruby read for us last week, and so thank you to them, and also to Darren this week. And I've asked Leonora to put together some people to read in the coming weeks. If you're able to video that and send it to me, then please do so, or we can arrange to have you videoed, not in a weird way, but have you videoed reading this passage, then we can do that. Just get in touch if you would like to volunteer, or Leonora will be hunting you down as she normally does. But today we're thinking about this chapter of Acts, chapter 9, Saul's conversion. It's that moment where he changes from one way to another, where he is completely transformed as a person. And maybe for you, you know a number of conversion stories, hopefully, and maybe you've been through a conversion of your own. Let me just share a number of conversions with you, because sometimes it's good to, to have this in a modern context. We think of Paul or Saul as he was here and the great conversion that he had. Maybe you'll know some of these other people. There's a local man, C.S. Lewis. He's the author of some very famous Christian books, both in terms of the Chronicles of Narnia, Narnia series, which are fictional books, and then also theological books, and a great writer that he was. But he wasn't always a Christian, although he was brought up in a Christian home. He moved away from that. He was baptized in the Church of England as a child, but eventually found his way away. He became an atheist and then recommitted to that Christian faith and became that great author that we know and and love from here from Belfast. Or maybe it's another one, and one that I particularly like, and maybe you don't know of this one, a man called Alice Cooper, the godfather of Shock Rock, is a devout Christian. 2006, he shocked many of his faithful followers when he announced that he was turning away from his reckless life and becoming a born-again Christian. The longtime music icon is still very famous for his goth music and appearance, elaborate live performances, and his, through his days, his typical rock lifestyle of woman, drugs, and booze. But while his Christian conversion changed him from that way of life, from a harmful lifestyle, as he put it, he insists that he is still a, a rebel. He says drinking beer is easy, 
trashing your hotel room is easy, but being a Christian, that's a tough call. That's rebellion. Or maybe Laurence Trudeau, better known as Mr. T, turned away from Christianity when he grew up and began his entertainment career. You'll know him as Mr. T from the A-Team. He's been in Rocky Three as well and many other films. But he was rebaptized into his Christian faith and since then has continued to dedicate his body and his mind to God. Or maybe lately, Kanye is the name that is on everyone's lips. His conversion after a very strange and again a life filled with all that music and entertainment and celebrity can bring, he releases an album entitled Jesus is King. And his faith, many might doubt that, but in his lyrics and his way of life and the things that he has been saying, he has gone through a conversion experience. In my own life, I went through a, a number of conversion experiences. The first one, I was young when I had a, a conversion of, of mind, when I was brought up in a Christian home, when I was taught the ways I should go. But in my later life, I was converted again and, and truly became a disciple. I always believed in God and believed in Jesus and believed all the stories. But it was when I truly became a disciple of Jesus that my life was transformed. And here again, we see another of those great transformations, possibly one of the greatest transformations and conversions in the Christian faith. And we have read of Saul who stood at the feet of the men who left their clothes by him and went and stoned Stephen, the first Christian martyr, the first follower of Jesus who was killed for his faith. Saul stood there and gave approval. And in the weeks and months that followed, he ravaged the Christian church. He went after those Christians to ensure that this message of Jesus wouldn't go any further. Some have said that he maybe had elements of doubt in his mind. And when you have those elements of doubt in a faith or in a religion or a set of beliefs or a worldview that you follow, you go the extra distance to convince others and to convince yourself. Maybe that's what Saul was doing. He had to convince himself first and foremost that his way was right. And so he went and he ravaged the church. So much so when people heard he was converted, they were still scared of him, scared to go near him in case they thought it was a trap. But he went on this road to Damascus like an avenging lion out to tear those Christians to shreds, possibly even to put them to the lions. His efforts were to exterminate them and their message to drag them off, to put them in prison, to put them to death, to appease the gods of his law. And yet that character who went with such a fury and vengeance in this story as it finishes was led like a blind and helpless child into the city. He went uh, and in some sense his conversion was from this avenging, furious man to this helpless, childlike person who was led 
in without knowledge of what was going on or where he was going, but with the words of Jesus ringing in his ears. Now, many of us feel like that at the current time. Maybe before this pandemic hit, we had all kinds of ideas. We had all kinds of plans. We had all kinds of things that we wanted to do. We were going to go out with maybe great energy and enthusiasm and passion to do things that we wanted to do. To go places that we wanted to do. To see successes that we wanted to see. To have things done our way. We maybe didn't go out with the the vengeance and fury that Saul did, but we still went out with our ideas and our plans and the way we wanted things to work. And how many of us are being led through this time in the midst of this pandemic like blind, helpless children? How many of those things have affected you? And is that why maybe some of us really struggle with this time? Because what we wanted to happen hasn't been done. We've been blinded. We've become helpless. And if we think about our church, even at this time, is that what has happened her? Has she become blind and helpless because we're not gathered together? Has the church become a sideline? Or can we truly bring hope and healing and joy in the midst of every circumstance? We might be feeling like we're blind and helpless at this time, like we're being led by the hand into the future. But at this time, it reminds us that it's God who's leading us by the hand. For Saul, I'm sure at that time, he would have felt utterly confused, maybe even frustrated or angry, maybe embarrassed at the way in which his conversion had brought him to be such a helpless and blind being. But it was the hand of God that was leading him from that moment on the Damascus road into the future that lay ahead for him. And sadly for him, it took a blinding light. Is this our blinding light moment? Is this the time when our true conversion begins? Not when we come to belief or faith, but we come into truly being disciples of his who go into all the world to bring that joy, hope, love and peace in the midst of any and every circumstances. Maybe this is the moment. Maybe this is the blinding light. Maybe this is the moment which God has forced us to stop when he has taken away everything else so that we can see his hand and be led by his hand. Boy, for a moment's prayer, and we'll allow you space to pray your own prayers or requests, maybe even to pray that the Holy Spirit 
leads us and guides us at this time. Heavenly Father, we wish at times that it didn't take a blinding light, that it didn't need everything else stripped away from us. We suffer and grieve in this time. We find sorrow in this time. We find pain and, and frustration in this time. But in this time, like Saul had his conversion moment, may this be our conversion from a previous way of life which involved our own desires or needs or wants to a time when, as Paul writes, we can rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. May those words become true for us in these circumstances, in all that we find ourselves in. And may the church go through a conversion experience that leads us from being blind and helpless to being led by the hand of God into the future that you have, which may bring love, joy, peace for all nations and all mankind. For this is our prayer, and may this be our conversion through your Holy Spirit, as we pray in Jesus' name.
service this morning together by saying the words of the grace um, together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Hallelujah. 